0: Well, hey everyone, good morning and welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam, I'm the volunteer coordinator at DHC. I also get a chance to communicate from time to time at DHC and so I'm really excited to be bringing the message of Revolutionary Week 2 um, here in Virtual World with Downtown Harbor Church. Um, Before we go into this, I just wanna recognize and say a couple of things specifically related to the pandemic we're dealing with called the coronavirus is that um, we here at DHC feel it. We feel it for all of the people who are going through it and we're asking those tough questions that we always ask. Um, Where is God? How could God allow this to happen? And we're leaning on him to um, surround us with his grace and his peace and mercy even more than ever during this time. Um, And so we're going to be dialoguing about that with some of you. Um, But one of the interesting things is is that we tried to do these messages um, and keep them as the normal content that we were going to do, regardless of the pandemic, so that it can be a little bit of hopefully an escape for some of you who might be overwhelmed with this. So we're pressing on as normal. This is Revolutionary Week 2. Um, But before we dive in there, I wanted to take a second, and if you would write where you are at, pray with me as we pray for those people who've been affected by this pandemic and those um, families who are dealing with this. Let's just pray. Father, um, we come before you today virtually as a church to just tell you we love you, to lay at your feet um, the requests of those who've been affected by this pandemic, and we pray that you would surround them in a way like never before. We love you, Lord. We know that you are working through this in ways that we don't even understand or, or recognize, but we know you're there and you're present. Surround them, God, with your grace, your love, your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Revolutionary, week two, John kicked it off last week, revolutionary was this idea that we were gonna take a look, and by the way, this is a little bit difficult for me. If you've ever seen me speak before, you know that I like to get up and move around and do all these things, and here I am confined to a chair. But revolutionary um, was this idea that we would take a look at the most famous message that Jesus ever gave. His his most famous message, a message um, that was so in- interesting and so different that really, that we could only think of one phrase to describe it, and that was revolution revolutionary, right? So we're taking a look at this idea of the Sermon on the Mount. And just so we can go through a couple of slides here, so interesting because the slides are going to appear, I think, in this area of the screen, which is also interesting. But the Sermon on the Mount is the most famous message that Jesus ever gave. In fact, to the people of the time who heard this message, it was so different, it was so interesting, and it was so unique, that really it could only be described as a revolution. And that was so interesting because they had never heard anything like this before. He was speaking to an audience of ancient Jewish people, people who've been used to a certain way of doing things for their entire um, you know, existence as a people. And so this new way, this different way could only be described as a revolution. And last week, John did a phenomenal job talking about salt and light and what that meant. Um, and it... Jesus kind of presented this idea, and we bring it up again because we're going to reference it later in the message, but Jesus brought this idea forward to people who would consider themselves followers of his, and he said, you are salt and light to this world, that this world needs you. It needs Jesus' followers in it because they are so necessary. Their way of life is so different that they bring something to the world. If you missed last week, go back and check it out because it was really, really an interesting time. So I wanna stop for a second and just ask you to think about something with me, to maybe even just put your mind in a certain place, right? Do you have any enemies? Do you think about this? So we're gonna talk about this today, but think about someone, 2020, right, right where we're at, who might be considered your enemy. Um, I'm gonna talk about that in a second, but um, I wanna put a picture up over here, over here, keep pointing the wrong way, of some people who I might consider my enemies. Here it is. Now, this is a joke. However, we've been stuck in the same house together for a couple of weeks now. and We're starting to get at each other's throats, right? That's a joke. But when we talk about an enemy, so I started to look up some definitions for enemies and how they could be described or defined, like how does culture define them? And I thought it was really interesting. So an enemy could be defined as someone who hates another right someone who actually possesses the emotion of hate toward another individual toward another human being someone who hates another maybe someone hates you right and you would consider them to be your enemies maybe maybe um you actually possess the emotion of hate towards someone else this is what happens when you do virtual messages as ambulances go by i don't know if you heard that but that that is an ambulance um but it's the idea okay here's another definition someone who attacks or tries to harm another okay someone who may um, attack you. Maybe it's physically, maybe it's emotionally, maybe it's with their words, but they're trying to do harm to someone. Another definition of an enemy is a group of people such as a nation against whom another is fighting a war. So you think about the world and culture and, and people who are at war with each other, right? So in, in, in maybe they're different, you know, tribes or countries or whatever the circumstance is, but they would be described as an enemy. Okay. Um, So, and the other thing that's so interesting is people don't just become your enemy. If you think about this, like if you actually have an enemy, people don't just become your enemy by attacking you, right? Sometimes people become your enemies when you are actually defending those that you love. Maybe they've done something to your spouse. Maybe they've done something to your sister. Maybe they've done something to your child. And because they've attacked or created harm for them, they have become your enemy as well. So I don't know what that looks like For you in your life, but if I were a betting man, and sometimes I like to place a bet or two, I would probably bet that every single person in this room has an enemy. If they were to really think about it, maybe it's as simple as this. Maybe, maybe it's as simple as a friend or a family member who's just wronged you. And it, it wasn't even necessarily a big wrong either, but they've wronged you. And so therefore, and maybe this has gone on for a long time. Maybe this has gone on for a short time. I don't know what it looks like for you, but they would be considered then an enemy, right? So let's take this a step further. As you think about these people who might be an enemy of yours or you're in conflict with, what is, right, what's the normal response to an enemy? what is the normal human response? What is the normal? Let's take that a step further. What is the normal emotional human response to an enemy? Well, let me put a couple of things up that I think generally, like if someone wrongs us or wrongs someone that we care about and love, I tend to think like there's a couple of emotions or a couple of actions that are a normal human emotional response to an enemy. And, and let's start with this one. Let's start with anger, right? And, and that's natural right we get angry we get frustrated we're we're like oh how could they do that to me they they made me so mad how they 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 hurt someone i care about and is there anything worse than watching someone that you care about suffer right so anger is a normal human emotion hate sometimes the the enemy has done something so wrong when they've wronged you that you actually develop hate in your heart and you you have this hateful spirit about you and man you hate them right and and you want to get back at them and you'll do anything you can and then a lot of times, one of the things that anger and hate lead to is revenge. Um, if, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a big Star Wars fan. I've been a Star Wars fan um, uh, for a long time. and it there's this line in this one movie, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And then Yoda says, hate leads to suffering, right? However, I even did the accent there. I'm I'm pretty proud of myself with that one. But a lot of times anger and hate can lead us to take revenge on people. Man, they wronged me. They wronged someone I cared about. So I'm going to take revenge and extract revenge for them. And those human emotions that we all experience in, in some of us in a very normal way those responses have led the world and these responses have called the world into its current state because when someone wrongs us and we respond with anger And hate and revenge which everyone in the world tends to do um, and and you can take this a different level if you want you can even take it and you can look at social media Um, when someone says something that we don't even like they immediately become our enemy on social media and how do we respond generally with anger and hate and these emotions have called the world and have formed the world into the circumstance that it is with wars um, ensuing and, and, and conflict all over the place. This is not just country versus country, but this is person versus person. The world is in its state because we respond to an enemy with anger and hate and revenge. So that's the whole setup, right? So This is where Jesus comes in. This is where Jesus, who we believe at downtown Harbor church is the risen Messiah to anyone who would say yes to them, to him and invite him into their life, to be the Lord and Savior of their life, and and just love him unconditionally with your whole heart. And, And We just believe that that's who Jesus is, but this is where Jesus comes in. Because Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, which was revolutionary, which is why we titled this whole series that way, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, said something about enemies that was so different than anything that these ancient Jewish people had ever heard before. Here's what he said. He said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Really? Wait a second. But this person has wronged me. Hold on, i got to do something here at Downtown Harbor Church because John and Christina, they do these messages every week, and I come in every once in a while, and they get to do the message. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, they like to use that colored text, and so I figured this was an appropriate moment to do it. Ding! Right? Okay. Love your enemies. But Jesus actually addressed this in the Sermon on the Mount, and I found it to be so interesting. So in the Sermon on the Mount, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Matthew chapter 5 with us today. That's where we're going to be. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. Here's what Jesus said, the most famous sermon he ever gave, the Sermon on the Mount, about loving your enemies. Here's what he said. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Well, that seems pretty difficult. I mean, really? Jesus, those who persecute us, those who would do wrong to us, those who would like um, cause harm to us, you want us to love them and pray for them? This is what he continues to say. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Then he goes on, I love this, this is so key, because don't miss this, this is so interesting. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? This is so interesting because Jesus always just reached into the culture and spoke right into it, right? Because the tax collectors in the ancient Jewish times, right? They were not tax collectors like we think of, like the IRS, okay? Tax collectors were basically people paid by the Roman government to tax their fellow Jews. They were seen as the scum and the most awful people in their society, traitors to their own people. And Jesus reaches in to the the culture, the ancient Jewish culture, and he says, aren't even the tax collectors just loving people who love them? If you do that and you don't love your enemies, are you even better than a tax collector? that's where he hits people straight between the eyes and he always always changes things and he always flips it on its head i love this message so much because see i just believe something i just believe that if you only love the people who love you aren't you missing out let me just rephrase this a different way if you only love those who love you you are missing out well you might say to me adam missing out on what What opportunities am I missing out on if I just show love to people who love me? Remember John's message last week? Remember what he said about salt and light? Here's what you're missing out on. You're missing out on being the salt of the earth. And you're missing out on being the light of the world. We live in a dark, broken world, especially in the time that we're going through currently. And we need salt and light. That's what you're missing out on. You're missing out on the very thing that Jesus talked about when he talked about, when you are a follower of mine and you do this, you are salt to an earth that needs salt. You are light to a world that needs light. And what I love so much about this is think of the response you get when you exercise this command. Think of the response you get from other people this is the beauty in it when you exercise this command and you show love to people who don't deserve love and you forgive people who don't deserve to be forgiven that's when people can you tell I'm passionate about this right that's when people sit back and they go why did you forgive that person well why do you pray for that person how how in the world can you still love that person that's where the magic comes in and that's where we have an opportunity to say to people to be salt of the earth and to be the light of the world the reason i did that is because i'm a follower of jesus and he commanded me to love my enemies even though who those who have wronged me Think of the moments that could happen as you dialogue with others through that. And Jesus continues. So, if you're still with us in the scripture, we're going to continue. Um, here it is. He says, "And if you, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Not even pagans do that." He's basically saying, "What are you just hanging out in church? What are you just hanging out and having a holy huddle with other Christians?" John referenced that last week again. Is that what you're doing? Because, guys, I have to tell you, my experience in the local church has been, before we started downtown Harbor Church, had been a bunch of Christians hanging out with each other, doing activities together, having bingo night. That's not really what we did. That's just an example with each other for things that they just wanted to do together. And Jesus is going, if you greet your own people, aren't, aren't even the pagans doing that? And then he closes. I love this. this is so great. Okay. I told you I got some energy I need to get out. He closes with this because it's almost something that is unachievable, but it's so, so good and it's so, so key. Here's what he closes with. He says, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. When I read that, and I've read that a lot of times in my life, I sat back and I said, perfect. Perfection. Is impossible I mean if I were having a conversation with Jesus I would sit back and I would go Jesus perfect but you know that being perfect is impossible see this is the entire point of the Sermon on the Mount this is what Jesus is doing he's smart I mean he was the son of God he knows what he's doing and he actually throughout this entire message was calling his followers people who would choose to follow him to the impossible because he's calling his followers to a higher standard of living he's calling his followers to a different way of life and this is the point he knows that being perfect is impossible he doesn't care he says go for it anyway try to be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect because he's calling his followers to a completely higher standard think about what happens when you actually lay your life down for someone else, someone who doesn't deserve it, someone who's wronged you. Maybe there's been someone who's a coworker of yours and they've really crossed you the wrong way and you go into the office and you really just can't even stand them. You can't stand to look at them. They're your enemy. Maybe you had a family member. Maybe it was a sister or an aunt or a cousin who something happened a couple of years ago when somebody passed away and with maybe the money, maybe the funeral, funeral arrangements and You got there and for whatever reason you haven't spoken to them since maybe it's your parents maybe it's a mom or dad who made some mistakes along the way because they're a human being and you haven't ever forgiven them and they're your enemy Jesus is talking about this in a big exponential way about what we as Christians should do as a response to people who we would consider our enemies love your enemies Pray for those who persecute you. I love it in that verse as well. He's always—he's almost saying, "Hey, God's got this. He's the one who allows the sun to set and the rain to fall. Leave that to God. You worry about loving, forgiving, and praying for them." Now, let me just talk about some things that I am not saying, because I don't want anyone to get confused or misconstrue my words, or or, you know. Let me talk about some things that I'm not saying. Okay i'm not saying that you shouldn't defend yourself i'm I'm not saying that you shouldn't stick up for yourself i'm not saying that you should just be a doormat i'm not saying that you shouldn't actually defend your position i am just saying that jesus has called us to a different way of thinking being and behaving when someone has wronged us here's something else i'm not saying i'm not saying there isn't evil in the world Uh, if, if you're like me and you look around and you're just an observer of life you can clearly see that there is an evil in some way that just exists in this broken world that we should fight against for good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you, that you should just let your family suffer and that someone who may have been aggressive with you or someone who has wronged you, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying, and I think it's really important for us to realize here, I am saying that Jesus is saying there is a different way. Jesus is saying to people who would hear his voice, guys, if you consider yourself to be a follower of mine, there is a different way of thinking and acting and behaving toward people who have wronged you. And when you do that, people will know that you are my followers, an opportunity for us to be salt of the earth and light of the world. So... The practical is going to get personal here today. You know the one thing that I miss about, can I just say this for a second? The one thing I miss about the practical um, in this moment is the piano music in the background. Don't you love the piano music on stage? I wonder if the DHC team, when they edit this, might just be able to put in some piano music for me. You never know. Uh, (laughs) If it comes on, I'm going to be pleasantly surprised when I'm watching this. If it doesn't, well, I'll live. Okay, what's the practical? every week at downtown arbor church we put this word on the screen we've been saying this for almost five years we put this word on the screen so that you can hear exactly what you need to hear on sunday and put it into practice in your life on monday one of the core principles of dhc when we started it was we wanted to be able to produce helpful and practical content so that you could put it into practice in your lives we had been a part of church for so long where we would hear You know a guy or a gal speak on a on a Sunday morning or a weekend and you'd walk away going what in the world were they talking about like and and we didn't want to do that we wanted to make it so crystal clear for the folks at DHC they could hear a message on Sunday and put it into practice on Monday just a side note for those of you who may be new to downtown harbor church so um today's practical is going to be a little bit different but i want to go through an exercise together um and if you're watching this i want you to do something right where you're at i want you to close your eyes Go ahead. I'll wait. I'll wait. You too. Okay, close your eyes. Think of an enemy. I'll tell you when to open them. I want you to get a face in your mind and in your heart. Someone who you know you cannot stand. Someone who you know that you absolutely just loathe and hate, right? You got the person? Now in your heart and in your mind, forgive them. You can open your eyes. How did that feel? What did it feel like? As you close your eyes and you thought of an enemy, and then hopefully in your heart, if, especially if you're listening to this and you're a follower of Jesus, and gang, for some of you who've been wronged, I know how difficult that just was. I know how difficult it was to even see the individual or visualize the individual. How did it feel to actually Do what Jesus called us to do. Forgive them. Next, I want you to pray for them. I'm going to pray in a second as we close the message. And maybe in your mind, uh, maybe forgiving them was just almost too much for you today. And you're like, I can't get there yet, but I will. Um, But I'm going to close and I'm going to pray for those people who we envisioned in our mind. And if you're not a part of Downtown Harbor Church and you are watching this from afar, I mean, maybe let us know that you did this. We'd love to hear the story. Send us a direct message on our Facebook. We'd love to pray with you further about this. Um, Here's where it's going to get a little tricky. So if you've forgiven them and you've prayed for them, I want you to take it a step further with the practicals. I want you to communicate with them that you have done this. mean i don't i don't uh, i I can i can almost hear through the the screen people going i don't all right i can i can forgive but i i don't i i don't think i can let them know and and even reach out here's here's the deal um this is about forgiveness and it's about letting someone know who's wronged you that in your own heart you've chosen to forgive them i think that i think that reaching out and engaging with them is putting the words of Jesus into practice, and actually doing it. Um, So let let them know that you've done this. And then, lastly, if it's an option, and in some certain circumstances it is not, if it's an option, maybe you re-engage with them. What a story of restoration and redemption if that can be done. And in some circumstances the pain is too great and we can't, and we understand. But if it's an option, re-engage with them, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Something that would absolutely be transformative in your life and the life of so many people in this broken world, if it can work. Let me pray for us and I'm going to pray for those people who you visualized as well. And maybe you want to pray for them as well um, during this time, let's pray. Father. For those who have wronged us and for those who have just caused us so much pain, God, we stop and we, we take you at your word and we say thank you for giving us that word. And, and in our hearts together, we forgive. And God, we pray for those people. We pray that you would reveal yourself to their lives, that you would help them if they need to experience restoration. They might follow after you. And God, I pray for everybody doing that in these moments right now that we would reach out, that we would allow them to understand that we're going to exercise forgiveness, not because it's something we want to do, because you called us to do it. Lord Jesus, we will be so quick to give you all the glory. And may people who see this, see it as an opportunity for us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, as you've described your followers as. We pray it all today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we just wanna say thanks at Downtown Harbor Church for those of you who joined us um, for the message this week. Um, We will be back next week doing these messages again and we hope to be in a building with all of you um, soon. We can't wait till that actually is able to happen again. And one of the other things, like I don't know if you've noticed, but like the haircut places are closed. My barber shop is closed. Look at all this gray hair coming through. Oh my goodness. I, I don't know how long I'm gonna be able to let it go. I could be Anderson Cooper by the time this is done. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thanks, bye-bye.